This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, 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 it does not get much better than the last seven days for the Mighty Bees. Two home games, two wins, both against recently relegated Premier League clubs. One against a fierce local rival. And to top it all off, Brentford now sit fourth. Yes, fourth in the championship. We are going to look back at two home wins in a week for Brentford as the Bees' young guns bagged six more points in their charge up the table. This is, of course, the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport with me, Matt Beadle, back for one night only with Robin Hood McMichael. Hello, Robin. Glad to have you back, mate. How are you? Lovely to be here. It has been a while. Greville, the waterman, hello. Great to be here. Thank you. I've got to tell you, chaps, what happened? When I left around a couple of months ago, it, the mood was good, but it was slightly uncertain. I mean, I was going to bring this up. I, I, I'm not really happy about this yeah. because I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, worried, no. I'm worried that our good form is going to all go out the window because because of your <laughs> obviously very, very welcome return. But it might, might not do us any favours in terms of the form. Yes, I do hope I do not jinx it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure right. I won't. And I've noticed, fellas, there are a couple of familiar faces missing. Yeah, um, well, unfortunately, um, well, Greville, I'm going to hand you over to this because we've had to change up our strategy in terms of our football this week, haven't we? Well, absolutely. Um, I think normally you get the A team and they're otherwise occupied tonight. A couple of weeks ago, you got the B team. And tonight you've got like the Masters football team. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like the Masters. It was yeah, good, me wasn't too. it? I used to work on Fantastic. it. We've brought, oh, we've, yeah, we've, yeah. we've brought in an experienced head to knock some sense into this young rapscallion here. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, no, Billy and uh, Laney obviously would be here. Uh, however, they are um, at the FSA Awards to this evening, um, where they are uh, Brett Bizotted, We Bizotted have basically been nominated for Best Fan Media of the Year. Uh, in the category there so uh, people have been voting in their hopefully in their thousands in their millions in their trillions in their gazillions uh, as the best basically best best fan media uh, and we're competing with the likes of uh, the Arsenal fan Arsenal fan show uh, I think I believe oh, 
Who's the other? A few other big, sort of big guns. It was almost a metaphor. Is that, is that for, Arsenal fan shows in the AFTV lot? Potentially, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, but we're, we're, we're basically, we, you know, it's almost like a metaphor for Brentford Football Club. Where we, we always come at it from a slightly different strategy, slightly different viewpoint, and we're competing against some pretty big fishes. Uh, and yeah, so they're, they're away this evening, uh, presenting uh, or being hopefully being presented with the best fan media of the year award. Uh, and we just wanted to say, uh, I'm, I'm going to say on behalf of Billy and Laney, and I'm sure I share this on behalf of every single uh, member of Bizotted who uh, spent takes up a lot of their time. Uh, we don't get paid for this. This is all done out of pure love for the club, love we're, for the sport. We're not paid. I'm off then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I was hoping, hoping for another way to break it to you, Grev. But um, yeah, uh, well, thank you so much for first of all all of your support over the year. Uh, all of the listens week in week out to the radio show to the post-match podcasts to the pub podcast that we do every week uh, and to all those that voted for us this season uh, this year regardless of whether or not we win it's been an absolute it's always it's always a pleasure that we love sitting in pubs in our radio in love sport radio here talking about football it it gives us so much great joy and yeah so that's why they're not here today and that's why we've had to draft in uh, a b-teamer and a masters footballer to help cover the cover the gap I uh, it doesn't surprise me I have to say it was always one of the things that I noticed when I did the show back in the day a few months back that the the network that you guys have as part of Besotted and you know the fact that you're on board with so many fans throughout the country throughout the world to be fair Billy of course has a, an extended network of football fans all over the globe and that's just testament to that it really is and um, yeah obviously football is a universal language and we try and speak that language and I think the collaboration we do with with other podcasts with other fans fan groups all across the UK and, and indeed as you said all across the world it's 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 so ratifying to be recognised uh, as a you know as fan media by uh, people that listen to fan media all across you know across football clubs all across the, the UK it's it's absolutely fun, uh, phenomenal uh, to be nominated and uh, hopefully they pick up the victory lovely stuff just very quickly before we move on were you all friends before this formed or have you all sort of amalgamated as time has gone on it's just sort of like a gathering and a grouping I mean Dave and Billy have known each other for years Billy actually I employed God help me in my company about 20 1991 I hired him so wow. I've known him a long long time but yeah it's just a group of mates who get together and we're united by one thing an absolute love of Brentford yeah, I'm not sure about Grev though to be quite honest yeah we're still in a little bit indifferent yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's, it, it, we, we, it's it's almost become a group of mates it's a, it's a really it's a really lovely little community we've got um, and like I said, it's it's the universal language of football, and in this case, the um, the uh, dialect of Brentford that brings us all together. Absolutely, indeed, it is. Now, a Twitter poll. Talk to me about this, Robin. Yeah. So, um, if you we we've put the word out to a few people, but please keep uh, keep an eye out to uh, on your Twitters uh, because we are going to. We're basically we at Bizotted are looking at creating a team of the decade. So, looking at all the players that have represented the club who've done the famous red and white stripes uh, between the years of 2010 to 2019. Uh, and forming our team of the decade, so we're narrowing. We're currently in the process of sort of putting it to a few people to try and narrow it down to uh, sort of s- certain players in certain positions, uh, and then we're going to put it to <coughs> put it to all of our followers to help pick the team of the decade. Um, I should put it out there: this doesn't necessarily have to be purely based on footballing ability. It could be their work rate. It could be the length of service. It could be the, a, sp- a particular moment that puts them down in Brentford folklore. But yeah, just basically keep an eye out for that. Um, there's always there's already been. I don't. I think. I've, the number of teams I've seen uh, in terms of starting 11s, there's never one that's exactly the same. It's really fascinating. And looking back, I don't know your thoughts, Grev, over the years, 
over the past 10 years anyway than some of the players we've come through some of them that I've completely forgotten that I just remember with such fond memories there's just such amazing quality that's worn red and white stripes over the last 10 years some incredible players and so many of them have gone on to great things um, I found it really really hard I could basically pick about a top 20 but I was really struggling to do my 11 yeah it's, it's, and, and I think it does ratify sort of um, not necessarily to try and dig at the players that were playing with us in 2010 to 2012 but how we, our squad has grown exponentially uh, in quality and strength of depth and in what in terms of what they've gone on to do following playing for Brentford uh, as the years have gone and as we've progressed up the divisions and then now we're as you said earlier on we're sitting fourth in the championship having won two home games on the spin it's a really sort of it does just make you so proud again to be a Brentford fan it does indeed any space for Richard Lee do you reckon in that one um, I actually put him as my I know I know, I know no. he, uh, I no. genuinely did no I know he's a um, I don't believe it I know he's a uh, I know he, he frequents the show occasionally, and I've actually got his book and met him, so he might, he may or may not remember me. But yeah, he, um, just purely for the Everton um, penalty heroics, uh, and gen- generally, I think being a really good servant to the club off the field, a bit of a, uh, being a bit of a leader in that time as well. Um, I'd say there, there are so we've had some cracking goalkeepers over the years. Um, just and you know Simon Moore, as Greville yeah. put for his, I think I chose Simon Moore. I thought he was very good. Sorry, uh, Richard. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, they were really good mates, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were very good mates, and I think Simon Moore possibly owes his career to Richard Lee, who mentored him. And do you remember that Richard Lee did his shoulder just before Wembley? Simon Moore came on. I was gutted for Richard Lee that he mm. missed playing playing at Wembley. But he was a he was a really good goalkeeper, and I also remember three penalty saves in a shootout against Charlton that mm. year in the Football League Trophy, or whatever it was called. Absolutely sensational, inspirational. Yeah, all all the Asians, all the Asians. Yeah. We'll definitely pass that. Or will I pass that message on? I don't know. You got his book as well, Life Lessons of a Footballer. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah I was literally just funny, funny at that. I was just, we were discussing it just outside now. And the other thing is, um, I write a few books, I wrote, and Richard introduced me to his publisher, Benyon Kearney. And they're my publisher, so I'm very grateful to How about him. that? Yeah, he, um, one of the things that um, stood out from his book was, um, which I've taken genuinely up forward in my working personal life, was you can only control what is in your power. So don't stress about the the things that you're. That, don't worry about the things that are out of your control that you can't do anything about. So yeah, um, a gen- a generally from what I've met from the first, one time I met him and got his book, um, really nice guy, and obviously. Uh, saved those penalties quite a few penalties in his time at Brentford yeah he did so just to, to finish up on the Twitter poll you're going to collate uh, an eventual group of how many is it and then it's going to be gonna starting, starting 11 um, it's going to be yeah so goalkeeper um, right back left back two centre backs uh, and probably three midfielders three attacking players just to help balance it out obviously people will have their own preferences but that's the, the best way we can do it uh, as far as I know we're not doing loanies uh but we might, I don't know, Billy and Dave might sort out some sort of loney of the year, loney of the decade rather, of which there are quite a few really good contenders. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think the results will be very, very interesting. And it'll be interesting to see, for me particularly, how many of them are from the more recent years of the decade and how many are remembered quite fondly for their services in sort of between 2000 to 2014 pre-championship. Uh, yeah, the club's gone, what it did indicate was that the club's come a long way in these years. And yeah interesting to see what happens lovely stuff we'll look forward to seeing what that final 11 will be this is the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport next we are going to be looking back on that victory over Cardiff Love Sport the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport me Matt Beadle with the boys from Besotted Robin Hood McMichael and Greville the Waterman I like we said at the top of the show chaps two wins since you were last on the show against two relegated Premier League clubs of course and the first of those on a three game winning bounce under Neil Harris 
Cardiff came to Griffin Park and went away empty-handed. They did indeed. It was it was it was a it was a very professional win. I think um, it's sort of, it's weird. We'll talk about the Fulham game, but um, I don't know how you feel, Greville. But I, I, it, it's sort of been completely eclipsed by what happened at the weekend. So thinking back to it, I had to watch the highlights. I had to look through some of the um, occurrences throughout the game to remember exactly what happened. But I think what I do remember is that the first half we were on, we were we were sensational, and the second half uh, we came under the cosh from some. Uh, Incessant long ball, long throw-ins, hoof balls into the box. Gary Medine, uh, and it was it was it was it was a tough it was a tough game to win, uh, especially considering they were in good form. Yeah, we were sensational for now. They couldn't get near us. They couldn't touch Ben Rama. They couldn't even kick him. Hmm. Uh, and we played football of the gods for a couple of for, for an hour. Scored two, could have been three or four, and then we started showboating. And there was a Rabona cross from Ben Rama that didn't go down very well with the Cardiff players. And I think that sort of got them going a bit. The crowd got behind them. We gave away a stupid free kick. They scored it brilliantly. It was a great goal. Great goal. But then they just went into plan B, which is long ball, long ball, aerial bombardment. But we stuck at it. The Brentford team of old would have wilted. This one didn't. We gave everything. We only gave them, conceded about two chances, one of which was an open goal, which they missed. But we fought, we bit, we kicked, we did everything. This is new Brentford, not old. To me, this was actually a fantastic win that showed so much about the, 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 how far we've come, that we can actually win a game through grit and organisation, not just through brilliant football. Very happy. Yeah, very happy indeed. Was, you mentioned the aerial bombardment as well. You've got to mention Pinnock as well, of course, keeping his place at centre back. Yeah, no, he's, um, it's well, it's interesting with Pinnock. We've got basically three very, very good established centre halves who are all playing in our three at the back formation that we started the season with, uh, and follow basically, yeah, basically following the um, the, the switch to four three three. Jean Vier has been the preferred choice of centre half alongside Pontus Janssen. Pinnock, uh, Jean Vier got suspended against Wigan, and then Pinnock uh, has come in and essentially taken his place. Pinnock's been fantastic. He's a huge man. He's a unit. <laughs> he is honestly one of the tallest blokes I've ever seen, and he's and he's not as if he's and he's, he's not that wide actually. He's not as if he's really bulky. He's just he's absolutely he's just really really lanky. But he provides that balance of having a left footed centre half alongside a right footed centre half, which means his distribution from that side is a bit more balanced. I think I think yeah he's, he's been fun, he's been fantastic. Yeah, because John Vier I found was always trying to bring the ball back onto his right foot, even when playing on the left. He again is a good solid centre half, but he hasn't got the meat or the muscle of Pinnock. Pinnock is quicker, uses the ball better, better in the air. I think he's a better all round player and the par- the partnership with Pontus is just gelling beautifully. Very happy with Yeah, him. a friend of mine says that uh, Pinnock and Pontus could probably head her out a Brexit deal. Um <laughs> yeah. They 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 yeah. they're they're, they're, unplayable. they're when they're on form, uh, which they have been all season pretty much so far, Pinnock and Pontus are just unpl- unplayable. They you can't play against them. They are such established and really well-rounded defenders you talk about the Rabona cross from Ben Rama I don't know if I have a problem with that though I think that that shows that they're oozing confidence I know he's that type of player anyway but it just shows that the the players are kind of oozing that confidence at yeah, the moment. yeah I, mean, I, I see that too and it's brilliant but I, I, I always think you know you don't prod a sleep a sleeping snake <laughs> you know and Cardiff were on the ropes and half of them had jacked it in and you, you just thought just gently see this game out a little bit but no we didn't a bit of naivety a bit of exuberance a bit of overconfidence perhaps I'm just being a bit old and silly but I just thought there was no need for it 
And immediately after that, Watkins also played a, a you know a Hollywood pass that went nowhere, went twenty yards backwards, and suddenly they're in the game when they'd been out of it. Mm. You See, know, I, 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 don't, I don't mind Ben Rama doing a Rabona cross, you know, when it's a cross that leads to an offensive opportunity. It's when he starts doing the, the silly little pirouettes on the edge of his own penalty area. They're great when they come off and everyone goes ray, uh, but that's the time when you don't do it. And what I would say is that if we're two 0 up, uh, I, I wouldn't want to discourage a player like Ben Rama doing those kind of things because that's that is him he expre- that's the way he expresses himself and one thing about our Brent, our players i feel is that they really do play whilst they 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 understand they follow st- thomas frank's tactics i do think they like to express themselves a little bit and giving that creativity to ben rama is something that will keep um what could what, who, someone who can be a little bit of a grumpy little boy yeah. a, a keep him a very very happy player but the assist he made from Mabuemo's goal against cardiff uh, sublime and mm. the run from Mabuemo. Again, who Filthy. drifted from the right to the left. Nobody saw him. Yeah. Gorgeous. What a player he is going to be. But then, again, near the end, Thomas Frank did what we told him, all the fans of Volleyby told him not to do. He brought on the third centre-half and we went 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 at the end. But it was entirely the right thing to do. Hmm. He did it against Bristol City. It was wrong. Cost us two points. Did it against Cardiff. It was right. It saved us two Got points. Got it right this time, yeah. Yeah. Very happy. Ollie Watkins as well on the score sheet again. That was three and five for him. It's 13 and 22 championship appearances, which, hey, regardless of what people say about a number nine, that is a very decent record. It's the same number of goals as a certain Neil Mopay, who's on our screens at the moment playing mm-hmm. for Brighton, had at this stage last season. Yeah. What, um, what people can still say Watkins uh, isn't quite Neil Mopay. We shouldn't be kicking, we shouldn't kick Watkins for not being Neil Mopay. He's got the same number of goals. Uh, as Mal- as Malpe did at this point last season, uh, he's working really, really hard to try and improve his sort of his his work rate out his work and outside of the penalty box. Um, he is a no- he is a number nine striker. I had my doubts. I've been I've been proven wrong. And anyone anyone who says that he's not an established stri- you know out and out striker now, I, I understand why people like like him playing on the wing because he's got that pace. He can cut in. He, he scored thirteen goals. He's the I think he's the second top scorer in the division. Mm. What 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 is what is the argument? I genuinely don't see the argument, and there are some Brentford players who, some Brentford fans who still believe that that he's not he's not recognised number nine yet, and I've come up with some evidence that supports that claim. Really, I think the two things that have helped convince me are on the against Cardiff. I don't know if you see just before he scores, as the ball's coming in from Abuemo, he pushes Pack off the ball. He gives him this little shove. It was probably a foul, but it was clever. It was clever centre-forward play, and it got him that, that foot of space to have a free header. Against Fulham, uh, another wonderful assist. Well, he gave the ball to, to Ben Rama, who did the assist. He assisted but the assist, he left yeah. Mawson on the ground. He outpowered Mawson, who's much bigger than him, who couldn't cope with him. This guy is a beast. He will be gracing the Premier League next season. Please, God... With us, yeah, well, but we, we, certainly with somebody. We were, we were saying in pre-season that he, he's, he looks like he's bolted up a little bit, and he's got a bit quicker and a bit stronger. He's always been a decent technical footballer, but yeah, he's he's, he's improving his game. He's learning. He's hungry. He's uh, signed a new contract this season as well. Yeah, he's a, he's an important player for us going forward. Definitely, and like you said, you couldn't really ask for much more apart from him scoring in every game. But that's a record that's better than one in two. So, listen, Ollie Watkins, absolutely a top top player. By the way, I have to do a quick shout out for Marcus Force and the FC Wimbledon Fan Show that we have every Sunday evening. They are quaking 
in their very boots. Of course, he has double figures for AFC Wimbledon so far this season. I believe Thomas Frank has said, hasn't he, that of the three front men that are on loan at the moment, two are definitely going to be coming back. He hasn't said who. AFC Wimbledon, of course, he didn't play in the FA Cup for the Dons, Marcus Force. So they are petrified that he's going to be back at Griffin Park. Do you think if he does return, it will be a good thing for Ollie Watkins? Well, we had this conversation in the pre-production meeting for about half an hour. And we're slightly on the other on different sides of the fence here. You want to keep him I, there? I keep force at Wimbledon. I think mm-hmm. so. <coughs> Brentford is Brentford is a sort of recruitment strategy, is a player strategy. We always think long term. It's very proactive. It's there's all, there's a, a lot of underlying indicators we see. I personally don't see how bringing Marcus Force back this season now at this point benefits him or us long term. He is banging the goals in. Uh, admittedly a lower level but he's getting game time he's getting minutes he's scoring goals for fun his confidence is high he's learning a bit more about the sort of the physicality of the English game and becoming accustomed to that so he's probably bulking up getting a little bit quicker if we bring him back just in case Watkins gets injured and he sits on the bench and only makes fleeting appearances and yeah maybe he gets a couple of goals from the bench but I just don't think that's I think that's detrimental to his long-term development and it's detrimental to us as a squad of players moving forward I'd rather force stayed for the rest of the season and got 20-25 goals came back in the summer as an established striker and then he's got a whole season's first team football under his belt everything you say is total common sense but look at where we are. <laughs> if at the beginning of January we're fourth or fifth, I think we'll be lower because we've got four games to get through with a skeleton squad. We need somebody else. Now, Dervis Oglu could be anything. He could be brilliant. He'll be match fit, but who knows? And players coming from the Dutch league, I think, generally take a time to adjust, certainly to the championship. We've got to have somebody who can start the odd game, come off the bench, spell... Uh, Watkins if he's injured who knows or suspended we we don't have it at the moment Dervis Oglu could be that person Force will be confident match fit I totally agree it'll be wonderful to keep him there for Wimbledon to get 25 goals but I just think for once needs must we need to bring in one more proper striker now if Lyle Taylor happened to come to Brentford or someone like him um, then fine. But I think we have to do something beyond Dervis Oglu in January, and it could be force, or in my view, it has to be someone else. But if not, it's force. Mm. I'm just glad you said common sense. When you said you, what you're saying is total, I was like, oh no, what's he going to say? What's Greville <laughs> going to do? It's not nine o'clock yet. No, <laughs> um, no, no, but no, no absolutely. No, you make very, both make very good points, and I completely agree with you, Rob, and I do 100% think that he should remain I at win. the club. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, speaking of banging them in as well, that's exactly what Cardiff did at Leeds at the weekend, of course, coming from three goals down to get a point at Ellen Road, which no team has done this season. I think any team has done in the past couple of seasons at Ellen Road under Marcelo Bielsa. So does that arguably make the victory even better from Brentford? Absolutely. And I think we, we th- this is not to say that Cardiff were a bad team. I thought they, they, play a very dis- they played a more distinctive style of football than us with a, um, <coughs> how should we put this, um, uh, a, more, a less grounded approach. Uh, lots of long throws, lots of cr- uh, playing for set pieces, bringing the, the big guns up from the back. Um, and, it, and it's very effective. I don't, but they do have some flair players. As much as I don't really like Lee Tomlin, I think he's a gobby little word I can't use. Um, but he, he, I don't know if you saw his assist. Um, for Cardiff it was, it was Outrageous. It was player. The, outrageous. Oh, it was the filthiest thing I've seen all yeah. year. It was just absolutely outstanding. Um, but I think what we have to bear in mind is that 
Brentford last season, as Greville said at the start at, when we started talking about Cardiff, Brentford at that in that game last season, they, we get a point, maybe lose. And that's, I think, the distinctive thing is that we have the defensive capabilities now to cope with different styles of play. And just to finish, gents, of course, it was a game under the floodlights at Griffin Park. I've been to Griffin Park on many occasions for a midweek game. It is a special place to go, especially for a night game. We're not going to be seeing many more, are we? No, I'm not sure. I mean, I think there's two two after Christmas. Yeah, two more, I think. I think, I think it's Leeds and West Brom. I think it's Leeds and West Brom. Might be wrong. Um, maybe a cut replay, who knows? Maybe a playoff game, who knows? Mm. Uh, it's gorgeous, it's fantastic. You can't describe it. You've got to be there. I can describe it. It's it's yeah. horrible for away fa- away yeah. teams to go to. It's not a pleasant ground. It's no. it's 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 a you're close to the pitch. The 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 pitch slopes down from the centre circle horrendously. I think it's a couple the of dressing meters. rooms are tiny. Dressing rooms are tiny. It's an awful place for an away team to go, and I love it. Griffin Park it has been part of my childhood growing up. I'm sure it's been part of Grebs as well. Yeah. It's been a part of a lot of Brentford fans growing up. It's and it's it's games like this where, regardless of the result against Cardiff City, just standing there on the Ealing Road looking out at the, at the hallowed turf of Griffin Park, it's a sight that I'm trying going to try and embrace and take in as much as possible over the next two games or three games that we've got yeah here here a special place to visit right it's the Brentford fan show here on Love Sport next up we are looking back at another victory this time Fulham Love Sport it's the Brentford fan it's the Brentford fan show here on Love Sport it's the Brentford fan show here on Love Sport me Matt Beadle with the boys from Abyss Sotted Robin Hood McMichael and Greville the Waterman now of course it was the final ever Brentford Fulham Derby at Griffin Park on Saturday. I just put it to the boys as to whether there was a specific name for the Derby, but I couldn't remember. Greville, you came up with the foregone conclusion. And Robin? Uh, uh, the one we always win. There we go. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> that's pretty much conclusive because it was a victory for the Bees. It was 1 0. Uh, it was 1 0. It should have been. Five. Should have been four, four, five. It was um, uh, the the song. The song was born of Fulham get battered everywhere they go, um, uh, which is funny enough. What uh, that? What, what do Fulham Football Club and a fresh piece of cod fillet have in common? They both got battered this weekend. You don't it, give the punchline away before you tell the joke. Screwed that up. Yeah, I, oh, I messed that up. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to pursue my career in comedy. Put it that way. I'm going to stick to talking about football. Um, no, it, we, we we battered them. That, that, that is there is no other better way of putting it. Um, it was a one 0 Hammering. They had one shot that went uh, that hit the post on was it the twelfth minute? Nisin Scapano cut on cutting onto his right hand side mm. uh, and hit the post. And then they had a free header uh, in the eightieth minute. I, w- I was never worried, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I was never worried one bit that we were going to concede. We were tight at the back. We were arrogant and stylish moving forward. All with a squad that's played so many games consecutively. That's very, very threadbare. It, it, it was. I was so, so proud at Griffin Park on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, watching that performance. And just Peter Gillum's obviously played a significant part of this in terms of contextualising this derby for players that might not entirely understand what it means historically. Uh, I can tell you right now, all of the starting eleven and the two substitutes that came on, they were not leaving that pitch with less than three points. You could see it in their faces. They were desperate for the win they were chasing every ball they were outrunning every single opponent it was such a proud performance not necessarily because and not just because of the opponent it sort of the, the general performance really did supersede it it was unbelievable and that is four home wins in succession 
and four goals on the bounce for Brian and Buemo. We spoke about him earlier on, but I tell you what, this lad is special, isn't he? Yeah, he's a twenty-year-old man-child. I mean, look at—I mean, he is built, isn't he? But he's still a baby, really. He's an embryo, but he has so much ability. And for a player like for a club like Brentford to have a player in the France under twenty-one team at the moment, I mean, that's an incredible testimony to our to our scouting and recruitment this guy can be anything he wants to he plays on the right as an inverted winger he drifts unseen into the left into the center he's deadly in front of goal he's decent in the air he's begun tracking back as well which is the first time we've seen that for a while whatever he runs out of puff on the hour but that will come this guy Perhaps he might be next season centre forward. You don't know with Brentford, but mm. he is a talent. Oh, he's a massive talent. He's, he's one of these raw players. And Grav said, Grav said it, but he's a man, Charlie. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's 20 years old. He plays like he's 30. He's quite well built. He's quick. Um, and he reads the game really, really well. He's, 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 he's far beyond his years. Very, very wise. Um, and yeah, he's, a joy to, he's an absolute joy to watch. He's got eight goals this season. The only player of his, um, uh, of his age that's got more goals is Marcus Force. In the whole of the UK, in the whole of, in all top four there we go. English divisions. I mean, if that's not a testament, like Grev said, to our, our recruitment strategy and the way we're playing, I don't know what it is. You mentioned hitting the woodwork three times throughout the 90. Going back to the Cardiff game, Greville, where you said you were just concerned that maybe they didn't kill the game off and they started to showboat a bit. At 1-0, I know that the pair of you maybe have a slight difference of opinion on this, but you thought that perhaps Fulham might have nicked a, a draw at the end. Well, you know, the away team's always going to put on a last minute, a late spurt, but Fulham didn't really. But then you look at the bench and, you know, they bring on Kabara, Kamara, was it AK-47, well, he was firing blanks. Knockhart. You bring on Knockhart, you bring on Bobby Reed, Um And you look at our bench, all right, we had Nor- a half-fit Norgard hobbled on because he had to. Then it was kids, it was kindergarten. It was Jean-Vier Daniels and, and the B team. And the B team. And we bring on... Mads Roslev, who's a 20-year-old, again, he is going to be a player. And he, he is brought on with 10 minutes to go to play auxiliary right back and right winger. And he just ran his cobs off for the last 10 minutes. And what I love about Brentford is Brentford play gorgeous football, but they work so hard. And that's what's happened more this season. Thomas Frank has got this team into, into being a well-oiled machine. They run for each other. They work for each other. And the fact that, you know, we had, we've had two, three exhausting games in a week. We've made two changes in one between the first and the second game because Dalsgaard and, Johnson, and uh, Jensen were injured. Jensen, or whatever, Pontus were injured. One change, you know, we can't rotate. We've got nothing to rotate. But we didn't run out of puff. And in fact, if anyone was going to score in the last 10 minutes, it was us. Mm. Fantastic performance. Really glorious. I think... Um one thing I would say as well is, uh, with going back to Brian Buemo and then looking at play- the contributions of players like Oksanen from the bench, players like Zambarek, players like Roslev, you can see they are learning the physicality of the game. There's no doubt they're good technical footballers. They've shown that in the B team and they've shown that throughout the season. But as they are progressing and getting more minutes and getting more experience, they are just starting to learn to stick the foot in, to stick your shoulder in and... It's, it's, uh, you can just see the progression of the players. It's, it's phenomenal. It really yeah, is. it is indeed. Dave, not with us this weekend, XG Dave, but we do have some XG stats. I thought I'd get course. it. I got it. I, th- I thought I'd get it in there just, just so he wasn't. F- didn't feel like we were missing it out. But <laughs> yeah. So two point six nine for Brentford versus zero point seven five for Fulham. Pretty much tells the story. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, it, I think three three nil would have been a, a, a fair scoreline. 
Uh, I, you know, Fulham Fulham had one really really glorious chance from Bobby Reid. He missed it, but um, yeah, no, I think that I think that tells the story. It should have been it should have been three 0 I think that Bobby Reid chance was about point four five of the point seven five. <laughs> yeah, it was point seven six of the point seven five. It was it was yeah. It was he yeah, should have scored it. He should have absolutely buried it. And fair enough. You know, maybe that maybe we've had a bit of a let off there, but we've we're, we're learning as you know we've learned as a football as a footballing side to defend from the front, and we've got two very two very great centre backs. And I say the word centre backs. We were discussing this again in the in the pub beforehand. Sorry, the post match production. That's it. Uh, meeting pre-match. beforehand. Yeah, uh, the pre match uh, production meeting beforehand. That we've we've no longer got um, <coughs> you know good footballing centre backs who can defend a bit. We've got great defenders who can play a bit of football, mm. and that switch has shown. To you know, and that accompanied by David Raya taking on the taking on the number one jersey, it's 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 really led to this really well oiled and well drilled drilled defensive side. David Raya, by the way, is another player that's worth a mention. Great save from Lee Tomlin in that game against Cardiff towards the end. And there was a moment in the game against Sheffield Wednesday where his distribution was on point. He did a classic zinger of a sidewinder. I think he sent side Ben Rama on his way. But the the delivery, and I know that's something he works on the training ground with, with Iñaki Cano, who's the goalkeeping coach at Brentford, and two Spanish guys working together very closely, but absolutely brilliant from Raya. And I'd say he's improved from last season. Definitely, yeah. He's um, and but uh, what I love about his technique is he he almost throws it further away from him to the side than he does in the air. Mm. It's he, and he, and and gets his gets his gets his leg up and wraps his foot around it, and that means he can distribute and kick it flat almost. And and it sail, it sails like an absolute missile. Rather than looping up, it it really does fly up the pitch really really quickly, and it allows play our, our BMW front line to really get onto the ball and uh, and 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 pick the ball up in attacking position rather than having to wait for it to drop and control it. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a fantastic addition to the side. <laughs> I, I think the other thing is he exudes confidence. Defenders want a goalkeeper who makes a decision and goes through with it. Daniel Bentley, unfortunately, last year dithered and faffed and dropped. This guy makes his decision, goes through with it. Yeah, he'll make the odd mistake, but defenders know he's coming. And he just exudes confidence, and he's been a wonderful addition. Yeah, yeah. Grave, Grave described him as, a, as a being like, he's almost like a gymnast. He's so good on his feet and so well-balanced and so good at, you know, moving and jumping. And, and, and Grave said, I'm, I'm completely on board with that. He might, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if he was a gymnast as a kid or did something something along those lines because he's, he's almost cat-like. He bounces. He, he bounces. Yeah. He's, spring, he's yeah. got a spring. Yeah, he does. I, I think as well, in the case of Bentley, I think sometimes certain goalkeepers just work better with goalkeeper coaches. Daniel Bentley now at Bristol City with Pat Mountain is doing very well, of course, but Raya and Kanya seem to have a real um, telepathy between them. They work well together. Um, just elsewhere on the derby itself, gents, I'm sure you've spoken about this at length in previous podcasts, but before we move on to the fan audio that you've got from speaking to the guys in the pub after the game, the Fulham-Brentford derby, your memories of those over the years at Griffin Park? They're very good ones. <laughs> They're very, very good ones. Yeah, for whatever reason, we do seem to turn up uh, when it gets to the... Um, when it comes to the local West London derbies, uh, I think um, it's not too unkind to say that Graves probably seen a fair few more than me. Um, but what I will say is that I think, uh, the, yeah, the, the hotter in the last minute has got to be up there for me. Um, and also the, the the first half demolition that we saw a couple of seasons ago where Scott Hogan got two and Saunders chipped the keeper. Yeah, there, there are some very, 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 very fond memories in and recent years. And there's one more. It's raining goals at Griffin Park. And I was the commentator that day. 1992, Brentford 4, Fulham nil. Four first half goals. Marcus Gale, Dean Holdsworth, two from Gary Blissett. Simon that, Ratcliffe? Um, 
Yeah, you're right, actually. It was, yeah, it was Marcus Gale, Holdsworth, Blissett and uh, Ratcliffe. That's yeah. right. But what a game. What well, a game. Wasn't even born then, still remember that. No, I've seen the highlights, yeah. There That's are it. some names there. Crikey, yeah. wonderful times at Griffin Park there. Right, we're going to move on to the fan audio. Of course, you were busy buzzing away, speaking to the fans in the pub after that game against Fulham. Here is what they had to say. Oh, absolutely brilliant result, a brilliant performance. We looked absolutely solid today. We were tearing up the ribbons going forwards. We didn't quite get the second goal. Their keeper made a couple of saves. Looked like the ball was in the net a couple of times, but the bees were magnificent. And Fulham, yet again, leaving Griffin Park in tears. I think, uh, I think they, were, they, were, they were like expecting this, really. Speaking to a few of them in the pubs earlier, and uh, yeah, they were making their excuses early. From start to finish, that was superb. Deserved more than one goal, which made it a little bit nervy, as always. But you look at that game again afterwards, we were superb. And if we'd have got the second, uh, we could have gone and got three or four there. Our record against Fulham is superb. And today's performance was superb as well. Throughout the team, everyone was fantastic. Henry is such a brilliant defender. You forget that because he's so good going forward. But we were brilliant throughout. We created loads and loads of chances, especially second half. We tore him to shreds. And uh, we deserved a much, much more than 1-0 win. Uh, we were fantastic throughout. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. Every man today. Every man. I don't, I don't, every woman, every man. Every man. Join the caravan of love. Every caravan of love. It was fantastic. You know, I never thought we'd lose that today. We were, we were at them. We were fitter and stronger. There was more desire. But every single player played their part. And he made the substitutions in the right way. They were tired. They deserved a break. And we were relentless. We, we was like a dog with a rubber bone. I think that is probably the best performance that I've seen from Brentford in the Championship. There were some immense performances by players today. Jensen really come of age. I thought, oh, wow, he's good. Rika Henry, I'll have some of whatever he's been on for the last three or four weeks, turned into a really, really great defensive, defensive player coming forward. Almost Liverpool-esque in the way that he was playing as our, our left our left back. I, I, I don't know what you, more you can say about this team. They grow in strength, they grow in character. The 1-0 result today absolutely flattered Fulham. We should have had three, three at least. Fulham had one chance, which hit, hit the woodwork. But we were absolutely useless. And as, and as you just said, we, there was no commitment, no passion, no passion at all. It was a London derby. Players should have been putting more passion in. I thought Josh Ronimo was absolutely useless. He didn't. He, every time he got the ball, he just didn't didn't think to go forward of it. Always going back. It was too much negativity. No, no one seemed up with the game at all. Yeah, it was lovely football, lovely flowing football. I was really surprised a little bit about how good Brentford was today. If we didn't we didn't uh, convert the chances. That was the only thing that couldn't be better. That was lovely. I think Fulham had no chance at all today. I've been coming to Brentford for 10 years since we were in League 2 and it's all about, uh, let's be honest, it's all about the ground, the atmosphere. So that's also a little bit of a sad thing, realising that we're going to leave Griffin Park. It's proper atmosphere, old school, lovely people, I have to say. Always good day out and I don't think you find it at a bigger club. It's family here. Everyone is here. You see your children, you see your uh, elderly people, you see anyone is welcome here and that's why we love it. It's so good atmosphere. Say go
Love Sport. It's the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Boodle, with the boys from Besotted. Robin the Hood, McMichael and Greville the Waterman. We heard from the fans there, plenty of voices, some international voices as well. A Dutchman yeah. on the line. Brilliant, the international bees. It's great, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic that we're spreading a little bit. The bees are migrating. The bees are migrating. Hunt, well, not hunt, bees don't hunt, do they? No, we just hunted, migrating. We, we hunted Fulham on Saturday. We came back with three points. There we go. He's made. It's kind of made up for it. That's yeah. not, that's not necessarily a joke. That's more. There. That's more there. just a statement of fact, to be honest. But yeah, there we are. I'll work well, on it. Well, that was the fans. Here is what Thomas Frank had to say after the game. I say, wow, what a performance from the players. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, we talked about before the game that we need to, of course, outplay them, but definitely one big, big thing, outrun them. When you feel the pain, run again. You need to run through them, run with intensity, in the pressure, in the recovery runs, in the counter-pressing. Just, just run more than Fulham, because if you can do that in a game like this against two good footballing side, then the running... We need to run when you're off the ball. And the players did that brilliantly today. Absolutely brilliantly. Because then we knew we could win the ball and we could counter high, middle, low and still go with them. And, and, and they did that. So I need to, again, praise the players, play the performance staff, play the medical staff, for get the players ready. It's short turnaround, three game week, one day less than Fulham. And then we keep going with that intensity. That's wow. But also show a lot about the players' attitude, determination and mentality. I think it's something we can develop, but I agree it needs to be in them, but I think the culture we actually have in this club and we've been developing is just showing that we we got that we know that unique togetherness. But we work so hard on that desire to defend, but also that attitude in terms of just want to do more, want to play with big confidence, being humble, but just want to do more if a single time. And that's a bit where we I think all staff members um, and the players just keep putting extra layers on their performance and their, and their development. Yeah, we should have scored more. It would have been uh, a much more uh, re- relaxed, if you can do that, uh, as, a, as a head coach or manager, um, time on the, um, the touchline in the second half because that was uh, in moments I was just thinking, come on, we don't want uh, a scrappy goal to fool him. That would, would have been so... So, not fair, but, um, but anyway, we won and uh, we did very well. Oli today, yes, we've seen him scoring so many important winners and goals for us this season and he will continue scoring a lot of goals, I'm 100% sure. But his work ethic and, and pressing today was unbelievable. And, you know, also that one, a ball, bowling behind, hold it up, keep it, uh, and then we play from there, so eat on the ball, a beautiful assist, and then, uh, then Brian, so it was very, very good. I think, yeah, David uh, played a, a fine game, but they didn't really test him, and that, that's down to the team. This was really, really a team effort. Uh, you know, my team, Brentford, we need to love to defend together as a team, and they do that now. You can see the boys, they love to defend together. Um, and if they do that, <laughs> we can get more clean sheets, and then it'll be slightly easier to win. You only have to score one goal. We talked about it before the game, um, actually. We talked about this is the last West London derby between Brentford and Fulham at Griffin Park. So we need to do everything we could. We need to do, put everything out there to make it a, a special moment, a, a magical moment, as we talked about this last season at Griffin Park. And they did 
everything they could deploy. Yes. They they put everything into it. And so delighted that the fans could can celebrate and hopefully can enjoy tonight and they wake up tomorrow and is very happy and discuss the football and uh, uh, and they were fantastic. They were amazing. You could listen to them throughout from the first minute to the end. They were, you know, do, doing everything they could. We are yeah, in a good place. We know we are really good here at Griffin Park. People, outside well, teams are coming here. And they know, poof, I need to hit a top, top performance if they want to get anything away from, um, from us uh, or, in, or get anything away um, in terms of points. So that's good. We, we need to keep going. Um, celebrate tonight. Dream. Hard work on Monday and on to the next game. Well, that was uh, Thomas Frank there speaking after the victory over Fulham. And I've just got one word to describe it. Wow. 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 No, no, wow. Cli- no clicks this time. No clicks this hear, time. The- but I've got to tell you that from the last time I did this Brentford fan show, which was two or three months ago, it's amazing what you can glean from just hearing a voice. And the sound of Thomas Frank from back then compared to now is staggeringly different just the way outrun them run run more than Fulham we were brilliantly he just seems so much more relaxed so much more at one with the way he is now managing the club we're enjoying it mm. again we're back to enjoying our football I think it's it's nice that we get and we get and we're getting the results to reward that that good football and yeah Thomas is a Thomas Frank's a, an exemplar he's also he's also inspiring I mean you know I think he gets those players to play for him to run through walls for him I love the way that this is probably the only club in the country where the players call him. He's Thomas. He's not boss. He's not gaffer. He treats them like grown-ups. So they can call him Thomas. Yeah, he won't allow them to muck around, but they want to play for him. He inspires them. He inspires me. Hmm. Well, it's a match of many performances on Saturday. In terms of man of the match, Robin, who gets your vote? I mean, it could have, it could have been any of the starting 11, to be honest. I think apart from David Raya, uh, David Raya had a couple of bad bits of distribution and Ben Rama uh, was uh, doing a bit of unnecessary skill inside his own half. Apart from that, all of them had a, at, at, at least an 8, 9 out of 10. Uh, I thought m- m- special mentions for me have to go to Cameron Mokotcha and Matthias Jensen, who in midfield were just did not stop. I kid you not. They, like Jensen to see how he's <laughs> progressed and improved over the past couple of games is unbelievable. He was fantastic. Um, I think Camo, Camo would probably just get my Man of the Match award. Had a bit of a nerve, shaky first five minutes, missed a couple of passes, uh, but he was he, nothing got past him. He stuck his foot in, uh, moved the ball forward at tempo, at pace. And yeah, Buemo got the goal. Um, the uh, it was yeah Ben Rama got the assist. Watkins helped set it up. So the front for three get a special mention. But yeah, my God, Jensen and Bukocha in midfield were outstanding. Agree with that, Greville? Not disagreeing with that. Camo was fantastic. We were all a bit concerned when Norgard went off against Cardiff late on, and he wasn't fit enough to start. But Camo meant he wasn't missed. And then of course we managed to bring Norgard on just to see us over the line. Camo for me. Okay, well, gents, we're nearly at the end. I'd like to do this for another hour. Thoroughly enjoyed tonight's show. Brentford sitting pretty in fourth spot in the championship. 11 points adrift of Leeds, but that doesn't matter. Leeds and West Brom are technically looking like dead certs, I would say, for Mm. promotion to the Premier League. But it is West Brom up next. A chance to close that gap. No midweek game, of course. 
it's going to be interesting next weekend it's going to be very very interesting uh, I think it's it's a perfect time for us not to have a midweek game uh, in between two very very important games not necessarily just for the position the players are in uh, the, sorry the position the team is in but the opponents who we're playing against um, I think it's going to be a very very tough game we're going up against uh, probably the best footballing side in the division bar us I'd say um, and yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a tight one uh, I will t- I will absolutely take a draw from uh, from this weekend and that might sound a little bit pessimistic and a little bit um, a little bit lacking in ambition but I know I'm dead convinced that we can uh, we can get a draw out of it we have to keep Romain Sawyer's quiet and Pereira quiet they were frightening against Swansea they were awful against Wigan um, they were okay against Birmingham I think they're vulnerable, but they could also destroy us. You know, apparently, uh, who's the winger from West Ham? That they've got Dan Garner. He's yeah. done his hamstring, so that sort of effigy. And I, I, I stuck the, I stuck the needle in there. That worked. <laughs> um, we could get something there, but we have got to play well. We have got to be on our game. We've got to run even more than we ran against Fulham, and we've got to make sure we don't run out of gas given the lack of uh, players we have. But who knows? It's Brentford. Yep. Who knows? Right, Robin, before we go, the customary admin, the customary mm. plugs. Yeah, so please make sure, obviously, to check out our podcast this week, Pride of West.London. We'll be obviously looking at the team of the decade, the coveted, besotted team of the decade. Um, and also, please, as always, uh, we're the Billy and Laney are at the um, FSA Awards this evening, and that wouldn't be there if you guys, uh, if everyone else didn't. Uh, review us and like us on the socials, on Twitter and Facebook. Listen to our podcasts and radio shows on iTunes, Spotify, and all other platforms. And maybe get yourself a nice little bit of Christmas clobber. Nice present uh, at bizotted.com t-shirts and other merch available. Wonderful stuff. Okay, well, we've got about 30 seconds. So I'm going to ask you, you're going to appear on our Christmas cracker, of course, with your highlights of the year. But just quickly encapsulate everything from 2019 into one tiny little ball right now. <sighs> that's what I'd describe, that's how I'd describe <laughs> it. It's been, it's been a hell of a year. Very, very, uh, lots of ups and downs. But um, looking forward to 2020. Greville? Total roller coaster. We entered the year not really doing very well, just about licking our wounds and recovering. We just switched to three at the back. The second half of the season was great fun because Ben Rama and Mope combined brilliantly, played with a smile on their faces. Sawyer was, Sawyer's was brilliant. And we finished, what, was it 11th? It was yep. decent. This season started badly. New players trying to get to sort themselves out. A lot of injuries. But now we're, a, we're becoming a machine and hopefully we will, I was about to say grind, Brentford don't grind, but I'll take a few grind, gr- grinded gr- uh, one nil away wins. We are bees and we do what we want. Absolutely. Yeah. Up the bees. We'll see you in the new year. See you yeah. in the new year. <laughs> days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.